But uh, it's a good day. You know, we're fast approaching Easter. I sometimes think Easter gets a bit of a bad press in that we don't get a lot of time to work up to it, not like we do with Christmas. There's a lot of build up to it. But I tell you, Easter, one of the most significant times in the church calendar, and I guess you could say it every day. But, you know, the, 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 the season when we just take this time out to remember what took place on Good Friday and over that Easter weekend, over those few days, when, when Jesus, the Son of God, was hung on a cross. Wow. Now we remember some of that with communion this morning. But we're coming up this time of Easter and uh, next Sunday, of course, is Palm Sunday. And we, we should, I sometimes think we, we need to give Easter a bit, a bit more time than sometimes we just give it with a Palm Sunday and an Easter Sunday and a Good Friday and those things. So uh, I just wanted to just really kick off a little bit of Easter this morning. Um, when, when, you, when you're seriously walking with Jesus, is anybody seriously walking with Jesus? Now, you wouldn't be in church this morning, would you? You wouldn't be in the house of God. You wouldn't be joining us online if you weren't seriously walking with Jesus. You'd be, you'd be doing something else. There's plenty of other things you can be doing on a Sunday morning. There's plenty of other organizations you can be a part of. There's plenty of other things you can have your, have your mind focused on. Uh, but when you're seriously walking with Jesus, you know, you're going to be here this morning. You're going to be connecting to the house of God. And when you're seriously walking with Jesus, he will ask you to do some seemingly unusual things. Have you ever done something unusual? If you like, in the name of, in the name, if you like, of being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, being a serious follower of Jesus. You know, you can follow Jesus but, and, and not be particularly serious about it. You can easily get distracted. You can put other things in place. You can have other things take precedent in your life. When you're seriously walking with Jesus, he will ask you to do some seemingly unusual things, some things which are a little bit out of the ordinary, some things which are a, bit, a little bit maybe uncomfortable, and things which maybe you may, may question, why am I doing that? Why do I need to do that? And Jesus' journey starts into Jerusalem, of course, riding that donkey. And this donkey that, you know, I like to bring into the frame every time we get close to Easter. Because a donkey, of course, is very significant. You know, we have donkeys here at Christmas, you know, down to, I don't know quite why we don't have a donkey at Easter. We have donkeys at Christmas. Why don't we have donkeys at Easter? You only need one donkey. You have two at Christmas, one at Easter. Let's read from um, the Bible. It was a good place to read from, Luke's Gospel. And chapter 19. So then it came to pass when he drew near Bethpage and Bethany, that at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, Because the Lord needs it. How many of you ever heard this read before? You're familiar with this story? Well, it's not a story, is it? It's a, it's a fact. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, we talk about Bible stories, and they are Bible stories. You know, our life is a story. This is, this is something which took place. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt or donkey? 
and they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus. Just when he, when he, when he heard that God needed it, it wasn't an issue. Just let it go. Of course you can have it. It's never taken place in anything in your life. You know, you've, you know, we hold what, or we should hold what we have, you know, very light, loosely in our hands. You know, always ready to, to, to let it go. Sometimes we hold on to things very tightly. You know, as a, as a, Christ, as a Christian, as, as someone who's a serious follower of Jesus, we should be recognizing everything we have, whether, whatever it is in our life. If we're surrendered to him, you know, we should hold these things loosely. Is anybody, what, have, you, have, you, have you given up stuff for Jesus? Of course we did. We gave up our life for him. But then other times, there are other things which we hold very dear and which we can be very protective of. Uh, but sometimes he'll ask us to give those things up or release them to him. So then they brought him to Jesus, and as they threw their clothes on the colt, and they sat Jesus on him, as he went, many spread their clothes on the road, and as he was drawing near to the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. So, of course, we, we know a lot about Jesus. We know a lot about Jesus. We know a lot about the disciples. We know a lot about this crowd that were excited. But, but what about this poor colt, this poor donkey, who gets a little, a little pressed, doesn't he, or she? But this donkey made one of the most important journeys in the Bible. And yet we don't even know his name. When the donkeys we have come at Christmas, they've got names and you know, they've, they've got characters. We don't even know anything about this donkey, only that it was one that was owned by somebody who was prepared to release it to let Jesus ride it into Jerusalem. And this donkey's making one of the most important journeys in the Bible. And on the face of it, this donkey is pretty insignificant. He's not mentioned in Hebrews 11 with all those other great people of faith who we look to for encouragement, that great cloud of witnesses. And you may ask, why, why make a thing about just an ordinary dumb donkey? Who are not known for their speed and their cooperation. <laughs> Have you ever been out in the forest? The new forest where there's donkeys just sitting around in the road, and sometimes they sit outside shops. They sit outside and they just they don't budge. They just claim the ground and don't budge. They're not known for their speed and they're not known for their cooperation. And yet when Jesus gets on this donkey, it does his, does, his, does his job. But I believe, see, God is looking for those who, who will willingly do what this donkey did. Who will willingly do, do what this donkey did. You know, what this donkey did is going to, or did, didn't, is, is carrying the presence of God. Carrying the presence of Jesus. He's carrying Jesus. He's carrying salvation. He's carrying Jesus to humanity. But of course, the donkey couldn't do it while it was tied up. It can't do it. It can't do what it was called to do, what it was scheduled to do by Jesus while it's tied up. Now, have you ever used tied up, being tied up as an excuse? <laughs> you know, sorry, I'm, I'm going to be tied up. 
when you say that next time, it's going to have a different meaning. Sorry, sorry, I'm tired out. You know, you've got that option. Is there an, it's an option on your phone. Sometimes my phone gives you an option when it's ringing. I can press something which says, I'm, I'll call you back. I'll ring a little, call you, that sort of thing. You know, maybe it's this one that says, I'm tied up at the moment. Or you'll call somebody, you, you, you put some, you'll have somebody contact you and say, or they, you'll answer your phone and you'll say, okay, well, sorry, I'll, I'll talk to you in a little bit, in a little while. I'm, I'll call you back because I'm just tied up at the moment. What a funny thing to say. This donkey was tied up, but we, we will use being tied up as an excuse. Sometimes we use, we've used it for too long in our life. Some of us have been tied up for a long time. Tied up to all sorts of things. We'll get to there in just a moment. But God, but God is looking, he's looking for willing carriers. He's looking for connectors for the current of the power of God. See, the presence of Jesus is not something weird in the atmosphere. You know, it's, it's, it, his presence is here this morning. It's not something weird in the, in the atmosphere. You know, if, you, if you're born again in the Spirit of God, you, you'll be able to recognize and know the presence of God. And we feel it in different ways, of course, but you know it. You know it in your hearts. You know the presence of God. And we're connectors of that current of the power of God. See, Jesus' presence is, is more than just a feeling, isn't it? His presence is here this morning. Why? Because, because we're carriers of his presence. Amen. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. You know, when you go, when you're standing in line, wherever it is you do your shopping maybe, you're, you're still carrying the presence of Jesus. And his presence can be manifest just as in, in a supermarket line as it can be in a church service. And we need to be able to recognize the presence of Jesus. Some of you, some of you, you know, some of you back off situations where you can man, where, where the presence of Jesus could be manifest. I, I, know, I know because I'll do it. My wife will talk to anybody anywhere. anywhere. Oh, my Lord, she's off again. I've got another long wait. (laughs) But who knows, that moment is not an opportunity for the presence of Jesus to be manifest. How, how, how do you know the person that is standing there, you know, in the line next to you has lost their way, needs a miracle, doesn't know the promises of God, needs some light in the darkness of their life. And maybe you are that one. Maybe you're that donkey who could carry his presence. Right into that person's life. 
I think it was last Sunday on the streets, we had so, what somebody said they just, they just experienced a, 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 a tragic bereavement. That's when the presence of Jesus needs to be manifest. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, we're carriers of his presence. That's why he's, his presence is here in this house today. And can you see that there where this donkey that, that had been loosed, wherever the donkey went, Jesus went. <laughs> A donkey. A stubborn, usually. Slow. Not a care in the world, donkey. You say, well, why a donkey? Well, why not a donkey? Why not a donkey? And why this particular donkey? Well, because Jesus had to get to a, from A to B. And sometimes to get to A to get from A to B, we have to do something pretty unusual. Maybe step out of a comfort zone. Oh, don't we? We don't like getting out of comfort zones, do we? We don't like getting into a situation where it means change. Doing something we've never done before. Remember somebody telling me a long time ago, we were talking about change. Oh, I love change. Oh, I love change. Well, I, 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 I then saw a photograph of them when they were younger. Didn't look a bit different. Same hairstyle. <laughs> Same look. Same sort of clothing. You talk about change, and you don't have to change just for change's sake. But God wants us to be, I believe, people who are willing to change, willing to be molded, willing to be shaped outside of a shape that maybe we're not comfortable with if it means his presence being manifest. See, Jesus had to get from A to B. It seemed pretty unusual. This, 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 how do we know he had to get from A to B? Because it was prophesied. The coming and the work of Christ fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. Zechariah 9 and verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. A colt. The fall of a donkey. A little donkey. <laughs> little Cute little donkey. See, this, this was not a spur-of-the-moment decision of Jesus to take a donkey ride on the first Palm Sunday. It wasn't just something that came to his head on the day. He, he, was, he, was, he was ready for it. See, God knew about this before the beginning of time. And it was, this, it was this season, this time that he knew about before the beginning of time. You know, this donkey came into alignment with the purposes of God. 
Yet you'll not find a statue of him <laughs> in some great cathedral. Have you ever been into a cathedral? Seen a statue of a donkey? <laughs> See statues of the saints, the apostles, you know, Mary in some churches. Maybe we should change the name of the church. There's no church called St. Donkey. Is there? <laughs> you know, what's the, with a statue of a donkey. Yeah, it came into alignment with the purposes of God. I tell you, there are times in our lives and there are seasons in our lives when we come into alignment with the, with the, with the, with the purposes of God. Because we're on this earth for a purpose. You're not just an accident. You didn't just turn up in this time. God knew before the foundation of time. What I want to see this morning is just you know, how, how that we're... Prophecy was being fulfilled with this donkey and how it can relate to ourselves in 2022. This donkey, this donkey had prophecy on it. it, was, it I don't mean that this donkey would, would go around quoting and bragging that I'm a prophet. And you know, you, don't, you should know the word I've got to spoken over my life. Have you got, how many of you have got a word of God over your life? What about the rest of you? <laughs> the word of God, there's a word of God over you. I say, well, not a specific word for a specific time, but maybe you've got the word of God over your life. See, years before this donkey was born, it was marked. Years before you were born, you were marked. This donkey could have quoted, you know, he could have quoted from Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a donkey to the nations. Or a prophet to the nations. I ordained, I had purpose for you. You say, well, I don't feel very significant as a person, but yes, you are. Because before you were formed in the womb, God knew you. Before anybody else, God knew you. Knew, before anybody else knew you, God knew you. And he ordained you with a purpose. In many ways, this donkey was just like any other donkey, but there was something different about it. Why? Because it was tied in to God's plan for humanity. See, if, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, you're tied into more than just the life which you, which you see in the natural. You're tied into so much more. See, today there's a whole lot of donkeys. And we've all got prophecy on us. And yet sometimes we don't, so don't fully appreciate the significance of that. 
In Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2, we see God's prophetic voice speaks of a generation who he will pour out his spirit on. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And they will prophesy. I'll pour out my spirit in the last days. How many of you believe we're living in the last days? Like never before, we need the Spirit of God moving in our days. Like never before. And I will pour out my Spirit in those days. See, we are that generation. You are that part of that generation. So just like this donkey, we're marked with the prophecies, with prophecies uh, to, to be carriers of the presence of God. See, when, when you got born again, if you're born again this morning, when you got born again, you may have got born again a long time ago. You may be, uh, you know, recently become a Christian. You may not even be a Christian this morning. But when we get born again, we come into alignment with the purposes of God. You know, it wasn't just something you ticked off your to-do list. If you true, if you're true, if you, if you, if when you got born again, if you're truly born again, you overcame a battle for your soul. Wow, that is a transformation. You overcame that battle. Because the devil didn't want to let you go. That is so significant. It is not just something we tick off because we want a home in heaven. Or we think it's the right thing to do. It's because we get a revelation of a, a conviction of our sin. And we ask Jesus to forgive us. And cleanse us. And make us a brand new person having never been before. And some of which we receive by faith, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest anyone should us, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand for us to walk in. We come into an alignment with him. And the purposes and the plans which he has for our life. And unless we are born again, we don't come into that place. There is no other way to God only through Jesus Christ. And by becoming born again, we overcome victorious in that battle for our soul. It is not just something we tick off. And say, so, well, I've done that. I'm a Christian. Well, if you're a Christian, live for him. He died for you. At least we can live for him. So first we see this donkey had prophecy on it. And then secondly, when the disciples found the donkey, he was tied up or she was tied up. See, all that was prophesied by the prophet Zechariah, although significant, although powerful, 
meant little while the donkey was tied up to a tethering post. He was there. It was, it, was, it was written, it was spoken, it was prophesied. But while tied up, it's not doing what it was due to do. And so it's tied up to this post. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. A colt, the fall of a donkey. It's tied up. And Jesus then said to them, when you find it, loose it. When you find it, loose it. I, I believe there are whole swathes of the body of Christ with, prophet, with prophecy on them, on us. In the body of Christ, but it's tied up. See, the donkey could do nothing while it was tied up. This, 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 which it was to carry, this Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, salvation to carry, it couldn't carry while it was tied up. And I believe every believer has, has, has so much in us. There is so much in us. But I believe in that being, in so much of what's in us, so much of it is still tied up. And this donkey had the had prophecy on its life, but it wasn't the prophecy that tied it up. External forces had tied up this donkey. The owner of the donkey presumably had tied it up because he thought it was a nice donkey, didn't want to lose it, didn't want anybody to steal it, didn't want it to run off. Not that donkeys do a lot of running, didn't want to disappear. So he tied it up. See, those, those close to the donkey didn't understand the calling on the donkey's life. So you've got people in your world, they don't understand the calling on your life. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14 says, but the, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. God, we're spiritual, aren't we? But people, the people around you, you may have people in your world that aren't as spiritual as you. People say things to you like, well, I said somebody said to me, well, it's not just, not just <laughs> every now and again, quite frequently, well, well, how come you do that? Because you're a man of the cloth. What is it, what, where did that come from? Where's the cloth come into it? <laughs> you know, you, you... you know, hopefully people will, will back off some of the things they may say to their work colleagues or other people in their world or other relatives or whatever around them because they, they know you are spiritual. And sometimes we... Sometimes Christians will even get fed up with people who aren't spiritual about the way they live their life. Well, and get sort of mixed up and, and, and cranky about them, upset with them, but they don't know any better. Sometimes. They don't know any better. 
Why? Because they're not spiritual. He says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. See, those around the donkey thought they were doing the right thing. They didn't understand that God had a greater calling on this donkey's life. Now, if, you, if, you, if you're in a family and you've got a lot of family members who aren't Christians, uh, they don't always understand why you do, the things, do things the way you do them or why you have particular values in your life. And so sometimes they can get a little frustrated with you and they can think they're doing the right thing, whereas but as a Christian, it can be the wrong thing. They didn't understand the calling on the donkey's life. When, when Suzanne got saved first, she was only 15 years old, and that was probably about 10 or 15 years ago, I think. <laughs> Seems like it, sometimes. But her parents didn't understand the calling on her life. And it was, it was hard for her. But she made a decision. She made a decision that sometimes other people who raise a hand in prayer, prayer don't make. She says, I have decided to follow Jesus. And because she made that stand, those things they didn't understand, you know, 30, 45, 45-ish, more than a few more years ago, when they got towards the end of their life, they had a greater understanding. Because they've seen that the decision that, they made, that she'd made on her life related to a calling which was on her life. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, why? Because we have decided. So those around the donkey weren't, you know, they, they, they thought they were doing the right thing. Remember there were times when Suzanne's parents were, were sort of talking, giving us advice on things. They thought exactly they were doing the right thing. It was the right thing to do. But they didn't fully understand the calling that was on our life. So to them, it was, it was wisdom. To, to them, it was the right thing to do. But in line with the calling on her life, they, it, was the, it was not the right thing. See, the donkey needed to be loose from the tethering post of reasonableness, of maybe doing the right thing by the world standard. See, the donkey needed to be loosed from... Loose from maybe being tied up with, tr with traditional culture. Maybe the donkey needed to be loosed from some feeling or some opinion. See, not everybody's happy about loosing if they don't understand the master's voice. But the owner of this donkey understood the master. When, when the disciples who'd gone to collect the donkey and say, you know, we, we want this donkey, we're going to untie it. They didn't even ask him, by the way, did they? They just went and started un untying it. You imagine going in a motor, into, into, a, into a car dealership and... <laughs> Have you got the keys to that model over there? Thank you very much. Yes, can I, do you want to try it? Yes, that's fine. I'm going to give you insurance details. Leave your license there. No, I want my license. Don't, don't leave that with you. But, and you just drive off and don't bring it back. I don't think they're going to have the same opinion that this guy had. But he recognized the master's voice and the call of God. And he said, okay, of course. Church, that's why we need to know the voice of the master.
come on. We need to know the voice of the master. And if we don't spend time with him, if we don't spend, have a relationship with him, if we haven't are in that position where we have decided to do whatever it takes, we struggle with knowing the voice. So that we know we're able to firmly say, oh yes, I know, God said. I never forget, and I've I've mentioned this so many times, you know, how I heard somebody say once, it is very significant when God speaks. It is also very significant when we if we say he's spoken and he hasn't spoken. It's amazing what some people will what paths some people will go down because they think they've heard the voice of God. And if they only had if they knew their Bible, they would know it wasn't the voice of God. Because his voice matches up with his words. Here's a whole other thing we could talk about. But he happily released it because he knew the voice of the master. I tell you, sometimes we, when you get loosed, you may be questioned. Not always happy. Not everybody's always happy about you getting being loosed. And then third of this donkey was tied up, but Jesus knew exactly where it was. See, this donkey knew he was just like any other donkey. As he was just standing there doing what donkeys do. Tied up and restricted, eating carrots maybe or whatever donkeys were eating in those days. He thought he was unlike any other donkey, but Jesus saw this day differently. See, Jesus saw this day through the eyes of the kingdom of God. And Jesus knew exactly where this donkey was. Could have been anywhere. But he knew exactly where it was. He knows exactly where you are. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, he knows exactly where you are. And and so many times we we miss out on what God has for us because we allow ourselves to be tied up. This was the day of the donkey. This was the day... The donkey found its purpose when Jesus found him. You know, when God found you, when you, when you met with Jesus, when he, when he called your name and you responded, everything changed. And just like this donkey, you have prophecy on you. You have God's plan. You have God's purpose. You know, we need to know, we need to know that, that we have prophecies. We have God, we know God, we have God's plans and we have God's purpose. Right within us. And God knows where you're at. I'm not just talking about physically. You know, you, you I hope you know where you are this morning. But he, he knows where we're at in, in life. He knows where we're at. He knows, he knows everything about us. And he even knows where you're tied up if you're tied up. And I, I believe, I was, I was going to say you may be tied up to a post. I believe so many of us, there's so many parts and areas of our lives where we're, where we're tied to something. which restricts us carrying that which we're called to carry. He knows exactly what post you're tied to. 
You know, you, you may have been the freest donkey in the world. Sometimes I think, I find the early days of our salvation experience, if we, if we have a true salvation experience, the early days of our salvation experience, are, we are we, like we're so free. We're so free. You may have been the freest donkey on the planet, walking with Jesus, feeling fulfilled. You know, every time you, all your prayers seem to be answered, Everything seems to be going good. Everybody loves you. Everything's fine. Everything's wonderful. You have this great life and you're just so free. But you come to a place and I, th- I can say this because I think as, as you get older, you come to places in your life where whatever, whatever, for whatever reason, you find yourself tethered to things. Tied up to things, tied up, tied up to thoughts, maybe. Tied up to opinions, tied up to relationships. Well, I hope you, if you're married, you're still tied up to your relationship. You're tied, you're tied to things which can, can be restricting. And how do, how do you know that? Because you know that because when you look around you, you realize that there's some areas in your life where you where you haven't moved for years. Things look pretty much the same. And you, you may be able to identify things that are holding you, things that keep you, things that restrict you, things that you've, where you've lost some of the freedom which you once had. And sometimes we talk about, you know, go, go, going back to our first love, going back to our first experience with Jesus and how free we were and how, how almost like how, how more, much more productive we were. And you may be able to identify with those things which are holding you. I tell you, Jesus, God, wants you loose. Not, not loose to do anything, whatever, outside of things of the kingdom of God, but, but, but free. Loose to be who you are in him because he has a purpose for you. How do I know he has a purpose for you? Because the spirit of the Lord God is upon you. Do you believe the spirit of the Lord God is upon you? That's good. Do you believe if you're watching the spirit of the Lord God is upon you? The Bible doesn't say that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me to tie me to a post. It doesn't say the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to negotiate the post I'm tied to. Come on, sometimes we're, we're, we're tied to a post outside of the will of God, but we want, we, we, we want, him, we want him to help us negotiate us outside of, his, outside of his will, if you see what I mean. It doesn't say the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to get to, for me to negotiate the post I'm tied to. It doesn't say the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to live a comfortable and reasonable life. Just take a look at what Jesus said there. And he was, he was referring back to prophecy before. You know, when he is filled with the Holy Spirit. So he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. 
And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. That's a pretty good custom to have. I almost sense that if, if Jesus had to go to the house of God, then we need to go to the house of God. And he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. You know, you, you can't skip by and you can't ignore what is written. He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me <laughs> to preach the gospel to the poor. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. The spirit of the Lord God is not upon me just for me to have a nice time and have a nice feeling and to be comfortable. For everything to be easy, for me to have this nice little structured life and this thing's going on here and everything in, this, everything in order. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Church, there is a reason for the Spirit of the Lord God being upon you. And it's not to tie you up. It's not to tie you up to your personal preferences. It's not to tie you up to like your comfortableness. It's not to tie you up to maybe you know, some of the favorite scriptures or something. It's not to tie you up to your opinions. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And there's, see, there's a reason for the Spirit of the Lord God to be upon me. There's a reason for this donkey to be on the planet at that time. He wasn't just any donkey. He was, in some sense, it's just an ordinary donkey. But there was a prophecy on this donkey to bring, to bring salvation. To carry Jesus, carry his presence, to do something significant. See, people will say they're filled with the Holy Spirit. I've heard people say, well, I was filled with the Holy Spirit 25 years ago. Well, yes, okay, that's good. Praise the Lord. But what is that doing for you now? The Bible says, be being filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, but be being filled. Be being filled with the Spirit of God. We are, we are filled with the Spirit of God for a reason. I believe if the whole body of Christ was filled with His Spirit, who are filled with His Spirit, the whole body of Christ who are filled with His Spirit were loosed. Can you imagine the impact the church would have? Can you imagine the impact you have? You know, how many of you, how many of you had experiences in your life when you've really sensed the presence of God and you felt like you've been loose to be free, to be who you're called to be, to, to minister the things of the kingdom of God? Can you, can you remember what it felt like? You know, like when the presence of God is so strong? It's like everything is loose, everything is free, and yet so often we, when we come out of that experience, we allow ourselves then to be tied up to something else. Come church, I want to encourage you this season as, we, as we're looking at going into Easter and this whole incredible time that we celebrate the death, uh, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is for a purpose and then the coming of the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit of God for a reason. 
For the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. We need to see the power of God, I believe, in our day. And church, we are all donkeys. We're all donkeys. That need to be loosed and free. Not tied up with things that have tied us in a place for so for for so many years. Can any of you can any of you put your finger on something and say, well, you know, I I I used to experience this and I used to be able to see this happen in my life, but I, I've I've become tied to something. Restricted. Could be a relationship, could be a thought pattern. Could be an opinion. We get tied to all sorts of things. Now, the children of Israel went round and round the mountains for 40 years because they were tied to their thought pattern. God wants the body of Christ moving forward, He wants individuals moving forward, He wants people who are free to be who they're called to be. I want to encourage you this morning. If if you're here, if you're watching, if you're part of part of part of us joining us online, if you can identify something in your life, man, where you say, "It's it's tied me. It's tied me and restricted me. I don't want to be loosed from it." I believe the looser is in the house if that's a word. The one who can set you free, the one who can, who can, who can cut you free and hold you free and empower, and empower you to stay free is in the house today. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never even accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You can't honestly place your hand on your heart and say, you say you're a Christian. You're told, tied to your old life. And it's like your sin, your past is tying you and keeping you outside of the kingdom of God. Well, I want to tell you this morning that God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. If you can say this morning, I believe in Jesus. Believe that he's hung on a cross for me. He died. He gave his life for me take away my sin and make me a brand new person. You can receive him this morning. Say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've, maybe you've never truly accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Or maybe years ago you did it, but you never followed it through. You never, you never fully got cut loose for the tethering post of your old life. Well, ask him to come into your life this morning. Say, Jesus, forgive me my past and come into my life today and make me a brand new person. I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody here this morning well, you're all here this morning if you're here. But 
if there's someone here this morning that says, I recognize there's an area of my life that has tied me to a place and restricted me from seeing the fullness of God operating in my life. I had an experience many years ago, and that was good, and everything, but I've just got a tie. I, I'm, I'm stuck there. I haven't moved on. I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is the one who can set you free, can loose you. And today is the day, and maybe right now is the moment when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. It's like Jesus found you, just like he found that donkey. It's almost like he's found you and has identified you. And, and something is just, just, you're sensing something right now. And it's the Spirit of God just prompting you. Something was just holding you in a place. That you've never been able to move on from. I don't want to embarrass anybody this morning, but if, that, if that's you this morning, I don't want anybody to be embarrassed. Or... You say this morning, I want to make that decision to move on from that because I feel, I, I sense Jesus almost like he's targeting me. It's like the owner of the donkey, you, you reckon, you've recognized his voice. And you say, I want to be freed from that. I want to be loose from that. I'm going to, I'm, from this day, I'm going to move on from that. It's held me for too long. I, I, know, I've, I know I've got the call of God on my life. It's just not, just, just like it's not happening because I, can't, I haven't just moved on from that place. Or that, that thought, that feeling, that opinion, that relationship, that, that which is holding me. Or the influence of that relationship, maybe not even to a relationship, but just the influence of that relationship has kept me in a place. If that's you this morning, nobody embarrassed, nobody feel anything other than the presence of God. Just want just can you just stand on your feet right where you are in this house? Maybe if you're joining us online, you can. Just identify that. Is there anybody, anybody else? I know there's some people here. I know there's some people here. Not because I know your circumstance, but because I know God. Father, I pray for every person. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe. Is, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Just give everybody the opportunity. Just place your hand on your heart. And say, I've decided that from this day on, I'm determining to be loosed from that which is holding me. 
And there's some areas where I, where, where I, it is so hard and it is so real. I can't do it on my own. I, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Holy Spirit. So, Father, I pray for every person. Every person. Who for them, this is their day and now is their moment. Holy Spirit, empower and equip. As you release these people, this individual, this, this lady, this gentleman, this, this younger person, this every person. As they walk out the purposes of God in their life. In Jesus' name. In Je- no, 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 no. Say, I am loosed. Say, I am loosed. I am loosed. I am free. I am loosed. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will live free and I will live loose. To be who you've called me to be. In Jesus' name. Let's worship him for a moment. Let's worship him. Let's worship him in the house here.